Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Welcome to another episode of Still Growing in Grace. I'm glad you took time to join me today. If you're listening in the car on the radio or at home on the radio, I'm so glad you took time to tune in. By the way, email me. Let me know you're watching or listening. Those who are watching or uh, on YouTube, please, same thing. Let me know you're watching. would love to know where you're listening from or watching from. And as well, we have it on a podcast. The last number of weeks, I think it's been almost four weeks, uh, I did not expect this to go this long, um, but I'm discovering that the idea of what we think about, how we view God, matters. It affects everything. It affects our thinking, and whatever affects our thinking affects our behaviors. Last week, uh, we talked about what if if we could know God's will, which we can, um, how then does God want to live through us? Today, I want to talk about does our behavior matter? Well, number of the verses we used last week made it really really clear that our, our behavior matters. It matters much because what it does, how we behave reflects what we're thinking about. What we're thinking about will come out in behavior. It's how it works. Your, your, your mind is critically important, even your emotions. But even your emotions, the, the response system we have is not who we are. They're, our emotions are more of a reaction. Here's an example. Let's say you were to go to a movie and uh, there was a scary scene in the movie and you tense up all fearful because the, the bear is going to attack uh, the person. And so you tense up. Uh, are, why are you tensing up? Are, are you in any actual danger? Of course not. But your emotions don't know that. Your emotions are responding to the stimuli, to what you're allowing into your brain, into your mind. These things matter and have a tremendous effect on us. And Paul has given us a lot of instructions in the scripture uh, that affect our behavior. I know we are not under law anymore, as in a law that we must follow in order to be right with God. Those are done. That's old covenant. We are under a new covenant, which has commands. The commands are not punitive. They are for our benefit. Whereas you break a law, you will be punished. You don't follow through on a command, there will be consequences. There is a difference. Punishment versus consequence. We do have consequences for our decisions and our behaviors. Some believers, especially those that are growing in grace, uh, I've bumped into some um, individuals who have allowed their pendulum of 
understanding grace to allow them to swing so far out that they're trying to say, but I'm under grace. Uh, I'm fine. My behavior does not matter. Believe me, folks, that is a two-year-old's hissy fit response. That is the most immature diaper-filled response I've ever seen. And I've seen People do this terribly. They wreck their marriages. They go run after somebody else and they both say, well, we're under grace. We're totally forgiven and and it doesn't matter anymore. Yes, it does. Our behavior matters for it affects people around us. It affects and reveals what we're thinking about. Peter gives us some examples in 1 Peter 1, 3 to 15. And by the way, let me just finish off my last thought. I, I just realized I didn't finish it. My encouragement to you, if you're going to grow in grace, is to not be afraid of the extravagance of God's grace towards you. Uh, Let God be the one to guide you and direct you. I do believe God's grace will lead us and guide us to live lives of godliness, rejecting things that are harmful to each other, things that are ungodly. True grace causes us to deny ungodliness. That's why you had those verses last week encouraging us to to walk in the right things, avoid things that are wrong. There's clear instruction. And if you don't, there's going to be consequences. And some of them are really tough. Here's an example too. Let's say you say, well, I'm under grace. Um, I can speed all I want. Sure. You can. You're under grace. But the law of this land is sure going to give you a wild ticket and maybe impound your car if caught speeding. Or you may take that curve in the road too quickly, crash your car and be killed or maimed or injured for the rest of your life. It's a consequence. You've been given instruction. Okay? When we say we're under grace, people are so prone, Christians especially, so prone to think, Ooh, um, uh, I, I can, uh, it's talking about sin and they become so sin conscious that I'm now under grace. Therefore, you talk about all those things you can do now. Wait a minute. What about the even better and bigger news? What if grace is not so much about what you can't do anymore, shouldn't do anymore, but instead about what you get? To experience what you get to do uh, by grace, by desire, by connecting, by being one, by meditating, by prayer, by being thankful. And the fruit and benefits of that grace is unbelievable. So quit looking over at that sin stuff and say, well, I'm under grace. I don't know. I, I can do that, but it's unwise to. That's right. So use wisdom. Okay. Let the spirit of Christ, the mind of Christ already in you, give you that wisdom. 1 Peter 1, 13-15 says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. (laughs) Be holy in everything you do. Uh, Guess what? You are holy. So everything you do, your holiness walking around. So act like who you are. 
Walk in that. Act it out. Allow it to come out and flow out of you. Put your hope in the gracious salvation that was given to you. (laughs) This is good news. This is very encouraging. Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Folks, do not forget who you are. When you remember who you are, the righteousness of God, then your mind will begin to make changes and adjustments. Then the fruit of that change will lead to behavioral changes where the grace and love of Christ will flow out to others. Know who you are. Don't act like who you aren't. I see many people acting in ways that are hurtful to those around them. They do things that are what we would call sin. And believe me, God hates sin for sure. But why? I believe God hates sin because of what it does to his creation. Not because of some immoral fraction, some immoral thing that's happened. He hates it because of how it hurts us. And he's given us wisdom and instruction from godly men and women way back to guide us and direct us as they have already walked in righteousness, have had the same problems and temptations as us. And now we hear from them 2,000 years later. Ephesians 6.14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the whole body armor of God's righteousness. Folks, this is not about... Uh, thinking, okay, today I put on the helmet of truth and I'm carrying, or put on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. I have the, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, shoes fitted. You can go through all those rituals, which I used to do. <laughs> I used to mentally, okay, this morning I'm waking up, Father, and I'm, I'm putting on all these things because it says put on the armor of God. So that's the only way I knew to put on the armor of God until I realized, oh my goodness, This armor of God is nothing less and much more uh, than, uh, sorry, much, it's much more than just putting on mentally these items. Instead, it is acknowledging each piece as our identity. We wake up each morning affirming the life of Christ. His truth is flowing in me. His righteousness is my righteousness. His spirit is my spirit. I'm one with the spirit. And I carry that. I am ready to go when he says, go with my feet fitted with peace. I'm ready to stand strong. I have the shield of faith. Oh, wait, he gave it to me his faith. This is what putting on the armor of God is, is recognizing our identity in Christ. Then we got the boldness to go. Then our thinking changes. Then our behavior changes changes. Philippians 8 uh, verse 9, uh, sorry, Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you 
into his most excellent harmonies. <laughs> Incredible. That is packed with so much encouragement and hope. <laughs> he, Paul is saying, fill your minds. Think on things that are true, positive, good. Avoid the ugly thoughts, the terrible thoughts, the spin cycles, the worries. Focus on what is clearly true. Instead of, and people do this, by the way, instead they, they'll say, I'm no good. I'm just not good enough. I'm ugly. I'm fat. Uh, I don't know what my gender is. Uh, I don't know if I'm loved. Uh, I feel hated. Uh, I'm no good at anything. I fail at everything. Everybody always criticizes me. And you begin to focus on those things. People, what you focus on will manifest. Renew your mind. Wake up to truth, to good news. Put into practice what you learned from me, Paul says, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work it, work you into his most excellent harmonies. All things do work together. God is at work working in you these things. Do you trust your Heavenly Father? I have a hunch many believers do not trust the Father. They might trust Jesus, but Father, he's kind of let them down. There's some scary stories in the scriptures about Father. You know, sometimes he's good, but man, other times he was downright ornery and he killed off people. He was, what was that? No, Jesus I'll trust. Folks, not only do we need to see ourselves as who we really are by the definition of God, we also need to see who the Father is based on what Jesus says about his Father, the one we say we trust and believe. When we come back to the second half today, oh my goodness, there's more good news coming from this. How does behavior matter? Oh yes, it does. And we're going to find out how. See you shortly. Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars in Guelph is not your typical used car lot. Customers who shop there get the insider treatment, especially when buying from the insider man, Rod Sider. Rod will help you select a late model car, truck, van, or SUV from their large selection of vehicles, and he'll work with your budget. Call the insider man at 519-836-2900, extension 287, or visit Mark Wilson's Better Used Cars at the corner of Whitelaw Road and Highway 24, Guelph, and ask for the insider man. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. Welcome back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace. We just finished reading Philippians 4, 8, and 9, where the writer's encouraging us to find those good things in life and in God and think and meditate on those things. Then, as we put into practice those good things, we will see Christ working through us, weaving our issues, our prayers, our difficulties into a direction that we can be proud of and that we can trust. You can choose what you think on, what you dwell on. We wouldn't be given instructions in Scripture if it wasn't true. You get to choose what goes into your mind. Watch what goes in. 
Be careful of the content. You might even need to get away from certain people who are constantly feeding you lies or just downright negative. Their vibe is rubbing off on you. You're now becoming a negative person. Get away from those things that are contributing to a very unhealthy negative life. And it may be people too. It might even be your church. It might even be your job. Some people may need to quit their job. First, I suggest you find a different one before quitting if you can. But the Holy Spirit may say, now is the time to quit. Do it now for your own sake. Maybe. I don't know. There are too many people watching this and listening to this in many different circumstances. We don't always choose what comes into our mind, but it's what we do with those thoughts when they do come into our minds. The Bible says, take every thought captive. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. In another translation, you'll see, take every thought captive uh, as a prisoner. Take it all. Don't just let it in and let it take a full reign through that mall up in your head. Don't let it. It says, it says here, we capture the prisoners of war, every thought. And there's a little star in the Passion Translation. Here's what it says. Or every scheme. Paul is using the concept of taking prisoners of war. But in this case, the prisoner held captive are faulty patterns of thought that defy God's authority or even his good news. There might be lies coming into your head. Somebody may come to you and say, no, you're not righteous. You're a terrible person. Well, that's a lie. Reject it. Take that thought captive. Throw it in, in thought prison. Said, I'm not going to let you run loose in here because you're dangerous. Because if I start believing you, I'm going to start acting terribly. That's right. We get to take every thought captive. We have more control of our thinking than we realize. We also may not realize the control of Christ at work in our thinking, teaching us to practice what it means to take every thought captive. How do we do this? How do we take every thought captive? Well, here's how. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. There's a couple things here in this short sentence that we need to consider. It says, be still. That's heart right there. Being still. I have a hard time being still. I jokingly, you know, talk about having ADHD, and I probably do, and I get distracted easily, and I never slow down some days. And I allow the circumstances of the day to frustrate me and just builds up, and I didn't even know the pressure's building. Then I come home, and suddenly somebody asks me a question, and I, I'm, I have an agitated answer. That's the fruit of allowing those thoughts just to come wheeling through. I don't want that to come into my house. Being still, this requires stillness. It requires to be intentional by being still. And know that I am God? Um, It it may not have to do with uh, knowing there is a God, but maybe be still and know that I am God says, I am. He is the I am. He's the I am of your situation. He's the I am of your confusion 
as in he is the I am being able to sort through that and pick it apart. He is not confusion, but he's the I am who can process that mess that you're surrendering, the confusion you're surrendering. It, if, it, if it doesn't just happen, somebody else's intention will become yours. You need to find time for quiet, even if it's just a couple of minutes a day, a couple of minutes in between a shift, on a break. Sometimes we run to our phones and we quickly catch up on email. We quickly read Facebook posts. We quickly do this. We quickly do that. We fill, 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 fill. There's no stopping. Let's begin this week to practice five minutes a day, just five minutes of intentionally stopping, being still, and recognizing the voice of Christ coming to us. And those words, the first words you're going to hear are, I love you. I got your back. I accept you. You do not disappoint me. You're my child. These are the voices that you will hear. If you hear other ones, they're not the voice of God. And you take those thoughts captive and put them in thought prison, and you receive and accept and allow the thoughts of Christ to run free in your mind into all the little stores and categories and warehouses up there. This is, this is how we're called to live. Here's how David did it. This is how he found, found quiet time. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, he writes, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way, in the everlasting way. David is begging God in a prayer, search me. You know my real heart, God. You know really the deep, deep thoughts I got. So try me. You know I've got anxiousness too. So please Whatever may be not right in me, please lead me out of that. Lead me and teach me how to take that thought captive and throw it in, throw it in thought prison and then lead me in the everlasting way. This doesn't happen in two minutes. I think this can take 10, 15, sometimes half an hour. And we don't, not everybody has that kind of time of day, but five minutes you can begin. You'd be surprised how throughout the day God may be just gently checking in with you. Hey, hey, here's a thought. Hey, don't forget. Don't feel bad. You can't do this well. I, I did you well. I made you well. You're okay, and you are the one I'm pleased with. We just need to find and hear that good news. Second Peter 1, may God bless you. Verse 2, may God bless you with his special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know Jesus, our God and Lord, better and better. I love that. May God bless you with his special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know him better and better. The implication here is none of us have arrived. We all need to know Jesus better and better. None of us have learned it all. As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. This is rich. 
This is something you and I need to meditate on. Maybe if you were to go back and watch this on YouTube later, unless you're watching it now, but rewatch, or if you're listening on a podcast or on the radio, um, go, say this, download this, and go over these verses. Maybe pick one each day and just read it, meditate on it, find the good news in it, and begin to practice a different awareness, being aware of the goodness of God, not the chaos of this world around us. The more we acknowledge the goodness of God, the less we'll be ruled by that chaos. This is very good news. Second Peter 1 continues, So make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life, then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. The more you grow like this, the more you will become productive of your knowledge of Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that, that's a powerful saying right there. We're called to grow, to grow up. And the more we grow, the more productive we'll be. Don't try to have perfect production. Don't try to measure up to a standard you set up in your own head that maybe has been handed to you by somebody else. How about just be, let God grow you his way, by his pace. You have no one to compare to, but you can rest in the one who created you. It says in verse 9, 2 Peter, but those who fail to develop these virtues are blind, or at least very short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. That's a powerful, powerful picture. We have been cleansed. Sometimes we can get so busy and wrapped up in, in the stress of the day, in parenting, in jobs, in work, you name it, whatever it is, house projects, blah, 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 the stress, and we can easily forget. We can forget about the presence of God in us. And some of us even get wrapped up in guilt, thinking, oh no, I've done something wrong, I need to beg for forgiveness. But God has already cleansed you from that old life of sin. Let's look for good news. Let's affirm God loves us. Can you say today, God loves me. God accepts me. And God likes me. We'll see you back next week for more good news. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. Family run? family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener, and you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com.
You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 1130 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 1030 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.